Hey, it's Julie Pilot from the Idea Fountain. In today's episode, it's for anyone finding their path. Amy B. of Fruition is going to give you a challenge to find the six Ps. It's a really good exercise for anyone, especially creators and artists. Uh, it's a mini life survival checklist. And a lot of the time when we're navigating a world or an industry operating by doing things that have never been done before, it's easy to lose sight of what's most important. A couple of notes before we start, you can sign up for the Idea Fountain newsletter by hitting the link in bio on Instagram or at uh, my website, juliepilot.co, J-U-L-I-E-P-I-L-A-T.co. And we've also started a small but mighty Idea Fountain yin group. Shout out to Anthony, Arian, Sandra, Corey, Carla, and BJ, just to name a few in our crew. We talked about yang and skill sharing in a recent episode, and we would love to have you just DM me for more. And without any further ado, here's Amy B. I-D-E-A-F-O-U-N-E-A-I-N. This is the Idea Fountain, life-changing conversations. So, Amy B., the CEO of Fruition. Now, do you call it a consultancy group, an agency? What do you officially call Fruition? A consulting practice. Okay. Where you say businesses and brands, uh, you help them stand out in their field, engage their audience, and tell their story. But um, part of the reason I'm really excited to talk to you is not only are you one of my favorite people on the planet and not only are you one of my best friends um but i think it's a really important time in the world right now and we've been doing this entire season focused on creators and you have come up with this piece of work called the six p's which we'll dive into um and i love you have this talk online so i highly suggest I'm going to be very selfish and we're going to talk about the six P's with Amy B, but I highly suggest you watch the entire talk, hear the whole story, because I want to dissect it a little bit and like really dig in on the six P's. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the other reason I'm really excited you're here is, you know, here you have a consultancy group and you have your MBA, your global MBA from Georgetown. But what people might not know is you worked in the music business for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And like so many people felt the need as the business changed to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. And not only did you work in the music business, you worked with artists that had a DIY mentality and artists that were often independent, even though you worked with artists that also could sell out the Hollywood Bowl and were signed to major record labels. And I think that's important because my last couple episodes of the Idea Fountain have been talking to creators with the DIY mentality and independent nature. So I love that we're going to talk about the six P's and major life decisions, but you have that background and anchor to the music business. Will you, will you, I guess, to start talk about how you felt in the music business to have it be such a huge part of your identity, such a core of who you were music. And you had this baby, this band that you had managed for years. Shout out to Ozo Motley. When the business was changing, how did you, 
How did you know it was time to leave? That's actually a great segue to the six Ps um, because I became aware after 18 years that I had stopped growing. I wasn't feeling challenged. I felt like I was solving the same problems over and over again and talking about solving the same problems over and over again. And this was really uh, in conjunction with the music business fundamentally shifting. This didn't have a lot to do with my artists. I was just always enlisted because there are so few women managers to be on these task forces and these think tanks of how are we gonna fix the business? How are we gonna be sustainable? How are we gonna solve these problems? And years and years were going by where it was the same conversations and nothing was changing. And I realized that an entire generation of people would have to age out of the music business before it was fundamentally going to change because the power structure didn't really want the music business to change. So then I realized getting into my late thirties, holy crap, I could be one of those people. I could ride this out and, you know, be in 10 or 15 years grasping for relevancy and hanging on by a thread, or I can cut loose now and really go and find what my next passion is because my enthusiasm for solving problems wasn't actually solving problems. So that's why I went and looked for something else to do. Oh my gosh, that makes me feel sick in my stomach because it reminds me of the last couple of years of my life, you know. I knew I wasn't digging ditches. <laughs> I could write it out. I was working for a really good company and I was taking care of, but it just didn't feel like that was my final destination, right? Yes. And then I think it's really interesting. You go through in your talk about the six Ps, you talk about when you got your MBA and you got your dream job and it seemed like it checked all the boxes and things changed yes. and you actually ended up losing that job. I did, I sabotaged myself out of that job. And I love the, the story you tell about the conversation you had with your boss as you were exiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, you know, he was sort of like, WTF lady, like what, <laughs> what just happened? And I didn't have a good answer. And it would have been really convenient for me to just not try to find the answer. Um, because it did tick all the boxes on paper, right? And, and, I'm, and I'm learning as I go on in my life that there's a difference between boxes being ticked on paper and boxes being ticked in the heart, soul, spirit, mind, body, alignment, right? Which is really truth. Um, and so I went on this kind of soul gutting journey. I went to a really dark place about it um, because I was really beating myself up. You know, I, I felt like, I had failed. I mean, and I, and I did sabotage a great opportunity by not contributing in the way I was being asked to contribute. Um, and what it hit on and, and it really, I can look back on it now and I'm so thankful for that really dark time because it helped me to put into words exactly why I chose out of the music business too. Um, that there is this core of me that I identified as these six 
principles that all happened to begin with the letter P accidentally when it poured out of my myself when I was journaling one day. And when those things are met, and when I'm in a situation that's aligned with them, I'm doing my best work and I'm contributing to the greater good for all concerned, not just myself. And okay. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Before we yeah. get into the six P's, I yeah. want to bring up, which I think is a critical piece of the equation. Mm -hmm. And um, being that I've been in this situation, I'm going to see if you know the answer to this question, because I don't. A lot of times when you suffer grief, whether it's a relationship breakup or losing a job, you get really, really stuck in the circular questions. Why did it happen? Like you said, beating yourself up, mm -hmm. fighting the situation. This wasn't fair. This couldn't have been done differently. But I think the critical point, which is the beginning of the six P's, is to let all of that go and just create your new reality. Yeah. You know that I am president of the Laura Day Fan Club. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And in the circle, she talks about creating your new reality because I think it's really beautiful. The six Ps are about identifying what you wanna create and what you need in your life versus fighting and being angry and being stuck. But if somebody is in the grief right now, do you have any suggestions of how to let go of the frustration and the anger and disappointment to be able to look up and see what else is possible? Yeah, and you know, it's it's because I went through this experience, which is I was doing this equal measure of what I call future uh, past grasping and future tripping past grasping future tripping where I was looking backwards into like, how could I have screwed this up? And I was looking forward into, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what next, right? Yeah. And what happened with the six Ps is it enabled me to become present and feel this measure of proactivity because I was articulating and thereby not aware of it at the time, architecting my future by articulating what resonates for me. What are the qualities and characteristics of the experience I want to have when I show up for work every day? And I didn't know what that physical manifestation would be, but I knew how I wanted to feel. And I knew what was resonant for me in terms of people, in terms of projects. And I'm, I'm using the P, those are not the six Ps, but, um, you know, it, it helped me to get more specific and being specific actually helps make us more intentional. And then when we get intentional without the future tripping, that's when the, the sort of energy starts to work on our behalf. And I'm not gonna say it happened immediately. It took a while, you know, where I was, I was really working my six Ps every day, every day, every day, revisiting them, writing about them, fleshing them out. Um, it took about six months and then stuff started happening. And, um, I also know you, um, you dig Marianne Williamson's, uh, writing, right? I like Marianne Williamson. Her political career got a little tricky. Yeah, it was crazy. But, um, my favorite quote 
of hers, and I'm not even sure if it's her or it's from A Course in Miracles, is basically, dear universe, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What would you have me be? And for whom? What would you have me do? And so at the same time that I was articulating how I wanted to feel and what experience I wanted to have in my next career, I was throwing up my hands and saying to your universe, what would you have me do? Every day, I would, I would walk and think that over and over and over again. And I think it was that combination of getting non-specifically specific, like I don't want to work, go work at X company in this job. I had no idea what that was. I knew how I wanted to feel every day going to work. Yeah, that really makes a difference um, when it comes to manifesting, because if you try to solve the problem, it, you know, you're going to screw it up. But wait, now I have a question to you, and this will be really great considering your band management background. There are different kind of work experiences there. You know, uh, you mentioned in your talk working in-house at a big company there's doing freelance or being an entrepreneur but then actually being an artist is something very different right because there's not a lot of artists that people expect to manage the business side of their career as well too so many artists are managed do you think the six p's um are relevant to artists trying to figure out their future path right now as well? Wow. Well, yes, because since, since starting my consultancy, which it was really, you know, where I went astray was not astray, um, where I deviated from my, my authenticity was going in house because the whole time I was in the music business, I was a solopreneur, I was a lone wolf, I was a card carrying uh, self starter. And by the time I was done with that, and got out of grad school, I was like, I'm tired, I want a salary, I want, you know, I, I want to go to an office every day, I want resources and infrastructure and colleagues and all the things that go along with having a job. I didn't know at the time that this actually antithetical to the truth of my essence. And so that was one of the reasons it didn't work and why I subconsciously was sabotaging it. I don't do well in that environment. But now that I'm back in my essence, I proudly label myself as a card carrying, unemployable and unhirable individual. And I say that in, with like the best pride because I think that really defines an artist. It defines an entrepreneur. It defines an inventor. It defines an innovator. Anybody that has that ethos of, I'm going to go out and create for myself because I'm really not a fit inside of a company or an organizational structure, despite all the spoils we get from it of paid vacation and health insurance. I, I, I'm, I don't fit in that environment. And I finally had to accept that about myself and accepting that really enabled me to own it and feel very empowered by that truth. So I do think it applies to artists, even if they're, it has nothing to do really with whether they manage their own business or not. It has to do with how they're demonstrating what their, their essence is in the world. And the more you demonstrate it, the more the infrastructure, the business will come to you. 
you know, people used to ask me all the time when I managed bands, how do I manage bands? And I would say, by managing bands. And they're yeah. like, well, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, go out and find a band that you like, find them in a club, find them in a garage, find them in a bowling alley and help them out. And then the bands would say to me, and all of a sudden when you're helping out a band that you like, you're a manager, you're figuring it out, right? Bands would say to me, how do we get started? How do we get a record? I'm like, go out and play, play and play and play and play, play for free, play a quinceanera, play a bat mitzvah, play a backyard party, play and play and play, right? So the, the intersection of that was actually me getting my first band. They were playing all the time. I was helping them out for free. I became their manager. They became really successful recording artists, right? That it's really funny because you kind of just answered one of the questions I have about the six P's and jumping in. So that whole act of like getting out and connecting and playing and doing more shows, we're going to, we're going to circle back to that, yep. but you know, without any further ado, okay, yep. we are, um, nearing the end of a pandemic, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> starting ha to have a return to normalcy. Everybody has looked within in the last two years and everything has changed. We're in the middle of the great resignation. People are figuring out their purpose, what they wanna do in life. And so with that, I give you Amy B's six Ps. <laughs> okay, so yes, I actually call this the era of the great re-everything because we are, Reevaluating, reconfiguring, reassessing, reinventing, reemerging, reengaging, resigning, yeah. all of it. Mm -hmm. And so, even though I wrote the six P's in 2018, I think it, you know, and it was very relevant for me at the time. I think that there's a universal relevance to it right now because of this reassessment you're talking about that's causing the resignation. And so the six P's, okay, sorry, I have my notes in front of me. Um, passion, purpose, profit, participation, people, and potential. Now I'm gonna break each one down really quickly. Um, and then I'm gonna give you some provocation questions for whoever is, is listening so that they can start to unlock their own six P's. Um, how I visualize this because I'm, I'm kind of a circular thinker is like each P is a, a circle and they're kind of interlocking and, and overlapping. Okay. So picture it's a little like bit a, of a solar system. Yes. A solar system going around in a circle. So there isn't a beginning and an end. I'm, and so for me, these aren't in order of priority, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but passion, what I mean by that is obvi, you know, do I love the work I'm doing? Do I love the work output that I'm representing? You know, part of my conundrum at an agency was we would get a brief for like bleach or grape juice, and we would have to pour our creative soul into it. And so not only do I have to love what I do, I have to love what I'm doing it for. Mm -hmm. um, do I care about it? Am I a fan of it? Am I an ambassador for it? That was always my criteria for managing bands. I have to want to bump that band in my car 24 seven. They have to be my favorite band for me to manage them. That's anything that I'm working on, any project, any product, any idea, any service, passion, okay? Purpose, 
does the work contribute to a higher frequency on this planet? Could be service, could be justice, could be problem solving, access, inclusion, inspiration, solutions. Okay, that is pretty self-explanatory. Is there a higher resonance for it? Because again, when we would get a, a brief for bleach or grape juice, you know, doesn't matter. That's what I see from a lot of artists too, that, you know, even though the streaming rates can be so dismal and they're not touring right now and songwriters can have huge hit songs and not pay rent, they still see their purpose in the music because they want to make a difference in the world and yes. they just don't see themselves doing anything else. Right. So, yes, I think it's, it's, um, what my output is, is it, is it contributory in some way? And that doesn't have to be financial. Now there is a P that is about the financial profit, which is the next one. Am I earning an income that aligns with my highest frequency? Does my income support the lifestyle I choose to live with a surplus? Are my earnings capped? So this was really about me working in a, in a company with a salary. You know, is there equity? Is there space to grow? One of the great things about being an entrepreneur or being an artist is your growth potential can be unlimited, can be uncapped, right? When you're in a, an infrastructure, an organization, there is a certain amount of money you'll make and that's the end of that. How do you how do you deal with on the profit side of things? There are a lot of people, I'll take it out of music for a second. Let's say let's say I was writing a book and that was my passion, it was my purpose, I felt fulfilled, but I hadn't sold it yet. And so maybe I had to get another job, I don't know, editing podcasts, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't like the podcast. How do you balance the P's that you know are your life's work with sometimes having to use the muscle of, I need to earn an income? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, one of the great takeaways I had for this um, was from Jen Sincero, who uh, wrote all the badass books. You're a badass, you're a badass at making money, badass habits. I love her, she's hilarious. Um, but she was going through that exact conundrum when she was writing her first book. And it was like, I can't pay my rent. I'm living in this crappy apartment. I've written a book. I haven't sold the book yet. What do I do? And her journey was, what can I do that's tangential to what I've written about? that can also be of service and make me money. And so she started, she found a way to start coaching other people. Mm. And first, you know, she was getting paid, I don't know, 15 bucks an hour to coach people, right? But she realized she was really good at it. One thing led to another. So it didn't feel like it was that far of a leap from her life's work. So whether that's being an artist, whether that's you know, being a, a product designer, it's like, what can you do that's contributory, but is still in your lane, right? Yeah. So that you don't feel like you're really selling your soul to, to make money, you're still contributing to your vision. And it, it doesn't feel like so much of a detour. I know a really amazing singer who her side hustle is, um, painting artwork for nurseries and children's bedrooms. Like, how cool is that? Like, she's this unbelievable singer, but it's so difficult to monetize music right now. But if you have a physical piece of art, it's just so much easier to buy sell and yes. get your rent. Yes. 
And, and this doesn't even necessarily, right. So, and I love that, that example, because, you know, then there's a whole thing of like those who can't do teach, which I think is horrible and totally not true, but just because you want to play music doesn't mean you have to become a music teacher, right? Like there's other things that you can do. And I love that she figured that out. That doesn't seem like such a far leap from making a living as an artist. You're being a creative every day. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we're halfway through the three P's. We've got passion, purpose, and profit. What's next? Um, and, And I call out profit only because, you know, artists especially tend to really undervalue themselves. And, you know, if I could go around the world talking about that, I would, you know, really advocating for yourself and your value and your contribution from a monetary standpoint, not just from, oh my God, somebody is paying attention to it. That mm-hmm. that's enough for me. No, you get paid for your work and your time and your gifts and your talents. Um, participation. So this one is, um, is the, the vision shared or does it belong to a single entity? So this is more about collaboration. Um, you know, whether it's being inside a company and having a job or whether it's doing your own thing, are you collaborating with your clients? Are you collaborating with your stakeholders? Are you collaborating with your boss or your leadership? Are they receiving your input or is it really just like you stay in your lane? You know, I don't do well when I'm siloed and when I'm marginalized, I, I like to work, work cross-functionally and I'm really collaborative and I like a cooperative mentality when I'm working. And so that is just a criteria for me for any situation that I put myself into, whether it's a project or a gig or a job or anything, is there space for that? And a lot of times there just isn't. It's just like, no, the CEO or your boss is like, this is the way it is. You do what you're here to do and I don't, you know, stay in your lane. That doesn't work for me. So that's one of my pieces. It's so funny. You were talking about, like, I think you said being a card carrying entrepreneur or independent worker that you are unhirable. Really, in the last year, I realized that that's what it is for me, participation, because I'm so passionate at looking at the whole picture. I get so excited about the whole thing. And I had had that my entire life. Because even though growing up working at radio, Clear Channel or iHeart was this giant corporation, our individual radio stations were like a startup, you know, creating our programming every 24 hours, then going to Beats, that was a startup. And to be in the middle of a really big tech company, it just wasn't where I thrive. And again, it's so funny because sometimes you're in challenging situations or situations that just aren't a fit. And while you're in the middle of it, it's like we have this guilt that we need to be adaptable, that it's us. That but, but then when you break free, it's like, why didn't I do this years ago? Yes, absolutely. And I, and I love that you said that because I did a lot of that, what I call frying, frying pan to my own head about that. Just <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I fit in? Why can't I just stay in my lane? But, you know, for me as a systems thinker and yeah. as a circular thinker, I need to have to be able to float between things. And so if that isn't a fit inside of a company, then I got to go out and create 
a reality for myself where, cause that's what, that's a superpower being a systems thinker. And unfortunately it's really cur curtailed and, um, discouraged in a lot of traditional corporate structures, but it's a gift. And so that participating in like, what is the big vision and how it's evolving and what can I contribute to it, right? Mm -hmm. Contributory, collaborative, that's participation. Next P, people. This is really about culture. Do I respect, admire, and learn from the people I work with? Do we support and challenge each other? Are we kind to each other? And are they often smarter than me? Thank goodness, right? Because <laughs> we all want to be in that humbling, challenging, like, wow, these some something someone said in a meeting just now completely exploded my brain, right? That's always up leveling for us from a, a growth edge. So you know, we've all, we all have to collaborate and cooperate with people that we may not want to hang out with on the weekend, but in general, is the culture healthy? And, you know, are these people that I share a common language, a common set of values and a common resonance with? Well, and a lot of times too, when you have people that challenge you, just having diversity of thoughts and experiences in an organization really is everything. It's not like, you know, you have to compare, am I the smartest one in the room? Who am I learning from? Because there's different ways to learn, collaborate and connect with people also. Absolutely. And, you know, and that goes back to participation that even, even that collaboration with diverse thought process mm -hmm. ends up getting discouraged and curtailed because you're in your silo. So you've got to stay in your department and stay in your lane, right? The, so again, that's why the P's as a system is the, these overlapping circles. They all kind of complement and, and feed into each other. And then the last one is, is, is potential. Um, is there what I call this exponential impact quotient? And that's a wordy way of saying, is there capacity for some kind of social, industrial, or economic paradigm shift that we're creating? A new way of doing things, a new way of thinking about things. So this even goes beyond um, the purpose, right, of, of being contributory. It's like, what are we doing to change the game? And you know, when I was in the music business, I managed one of, I managed the first band that sung in Spanish that got played on commercial rock radio in Los Angeles, right? That was a paradigm shift. You know, there was things that I was doing that really were like opening doors for who's coming next. That's really important to me. So it's, it's creating some kind of exponential change in the, in the future. And it doesn't have to be that lofty. It can be something that isn't that significant, but that really does change and make life a little bit more open for the next set of people coming behind you. That's awesome. I really love those. And again, I would encourage everybody to listen to Amy's full talk on the six P's. Uh, you can easily find it by Googling Amy B, the six P's, or checking out uh, her website, hellofruition.co, right? Yep, yep, dot co. Um, uh, I'm curious, what advice do you have for the person that is trying to find the right timing like 
to get out of a bad situation, mm -hmm. right? If they're in a challenging situation, they're not hitting the six P's. There's that old um, saying, the best time to look for a job is when you have a job, yes. right? You know, there's that mentality, but at the same time, sometimes you just have to do a palate cleanse. You just got to get out to free yourself up for new opportunities and experiences or for the universe to even know you're looking. What advice would you have for people during this great resignation? Should they jump ship? Should they hang it out? How do you know? Um, I actually found this great rubric uh, recently that is like sort of a, a six point checklist of when you know it's time to leave your job and I, I can I can give it to you so you can post it off the top of my head there were some basic questions like have you know these are the questions I asked myself have I stopped learning and growing um, do I find that I'm showing up to work every day with a sense of dread a sense of anxiety or a sense of resistance do I find myself making excuses not to do my the job that I'm here to do? Is my workplace toxic in terms of the relationships? Have I just become disinterested and disengaged, right? Like there's sort of this self-assessment that you can do. And then I have a, a checklist to formulate a person's own six Ps so that while you're still in that job, maybe in contemplating, you can also start to articulate and architect your, your own six Ps. Because um, there are a lot of like orbiting, what I call the orbiting Ps, there's like need to haves, those were my need to have. But then there's like uh, nice to haves, you know, for example, proximity, if you, you know, if I don't want a long commute or position, I need a managerial position and up or nothing, right? Like, so there's different ways you can calibrate what your individual P's are. Um, and also being one who has jump shipped more than once without having another gig lined up. Yes, it's, it's such a mixed bag because, and I talk about this in the six P's, you know, being home alone on a Wednesday afternoon when like, it feels like the whole rest of the world is at work is terrifying. And That's actually really funny to me because we live in Los Angeles and I constantly feel like whenever I break away on a Wednesday afternoon, oh, yeah, like everyone just like there. lounging and like yeah. walking the Silver Lake Reservoir and having a cocktail and like, don't these people have jobs? It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And again, that all comes down to your perception, right? Because yeah. I was just feeling so mortified, like maybe I'm the only person that doesn't work. Right. But um, it's also, I mean, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So when there is that fire and that impetus of like, I've got to reinvent and I've got to make it happen. Sometimes that's what people need. Sometimes people can make the change gradually, but I can't say there's a right or wrong way to do it. I know for me, I've had to jump before I knew what was next every time. And I had to put my in the void. Mm -hmm. So as you're identifying the six P's and you're figuring it out, you talk about going through the long journey of your soul or the long dark night of your soul. And uh, you were talking about starting every six, every single day going with the six P's. What do you recommend 
um, as someone is starting to evaluate their life, what was the blend you used of how much did you really just journal in and soul search yourself versus using resources like therapy or bringing friends or accountability buddies into the mix? What did that look like for you? I did it all. Actually, I made the search process my job. So I had some structure to my day. So there was a part of, of the day that was self-reflection and introspection. And then there was a part of the day that was getting counsel either from professional resources or from, from friends and what I call my, you know, friend executive board of directors, you know, and then there was traditional job search and sending out resumes and talking to people and networking on LinkedIn and going to meetups and going to, you know, going out a lot more than I normally would to functions. Now I know there's not a lot of functions right now, but there's still functions that. Yeah. Right. There's virtual salons left and right. Left and right. I do think, and this is, this goes back to where I was saying before you talked about the six P's, the advice you had for a band about getting a record label deal or building community is just go out and play, like show up at the quinceanera, the bar mitzvah, you know, um, the restaurant grand opening. And I do think it's that old adage, like 90% of it is just showing up that the more you show up the more you open yourself up to serendipity. You are so right. And actually I want to walk back what I said, because that's what actually helped me uh, start fruition is I had a couple of friends, including you, who needed help with their value proposition and brand personal brand storytelling. And I was just like, okay, how can I be of service right now? One of my favorite sayings is when in doubt, focus out, right? So I just started helping people with the same way I started managing bands. Like, oh, hi band, you need a bio written? I can do that. You need some merch made? I can figure that out. You need a rehearsal studio? I'm resourceful, I'll figure it out, right? I just started helping people out with their problem solving And then it sort of gradually led to me getting paid to solve problems, kind of like Jen Sincero starting off as a coach, you know, for like a nominal amount of money. And now she's a best-selling author and like a huge conglomerate herself. Um, You're right. It's showing up. So it's, it's working the process in conjunction with showing up that really got me over that hump to find my sweet spot, which is fruition, which is now what I call the coalescing of everything I love to do, I'm good at doing, and the world needs doing. That's when I know I've hit my sweet spot. Yeah, it was really incredible. And you're well aware of this night because you were there. But I don't know if you know the level that it really impacted me or how much of an explanation point I would put on how much it mattered in my journey. But it's funny when you talk about just showing up and going places, I think it's important to get outside your comfort zone and put yourself into new circles of things that you 
um, wouldn't normally do. And I know my path from my last job to my current job was not a straight line. It was an absolute zigzag, but like a really huge, important night, Amy B uh, invited me to a panel she had put together on AI. And it was so funny because, you know, it was a rainy, stormy night in Los Angeles pre-pandemic when rush hour traffic couldn't have been worse and I needed to get from Culver City to downtown LA and I you know was really excited to go support Amy and I went and I got there and all of a sudden on the AI panel and the people in the room everybody I talked to I had that moment where I was like yo this is way over my pay grade <laughs> There were like lawyers there, there were like scientists, somebody that was redesigning LAX and uh, engineers and everybody that was talking. I wanted to say like, hold on, slow down. What does that <laughs> word mean? And um, but there was something deep inside of me that I just knew that surely if I had made this trek across the city in the rain and I was there. There must be a reason I was there. And so I looked around and I was like, who in this room, if I were to pick two or three people, could I see myself hanging out with on a weekend? <laughs> and I met uh, Todd who yes. ran AILA, still That's friends nice. with him today. I met Janice. Yes, yeah. And I met Eric from Kinestry. That's right. <laughs> those, were, those were three home runs, but they all were forks in the road for me going in different directions. And it was just, you know, definitely not intentional. Definitely not when I woke up this morning, that morning, did I say, I'm going to go do something tonight that is going to end up being a fork in the road for the future path of my career. You just okay. never know. Never know. And actually the fork in the road for me, for my future path was I was asked to participate in a think tank in DC on trend forecasting for the future of meetings and events. And I had that same moment you had when I showed up for that panel and I was like, I am out of my depth here. These people are all superstars. They're brilliant. I have nothing to contribute here. Um, I just did my best to be me. And the people who organized it ended up liking what I had to say and asked me to present the results of that think tank at one of their conferences. And that was one of the things that catapulted me into launching fruition. So again, yeah, putting yourself out of your depth is one of the most humbling, mortifying, terrifying, and powerful things we can do for ourselves. Yeah. It all matters so much. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Amy. Is there anything else you want people to know? or any like little um, other gifts or nuggets of advice or encouragement, because there are a lot of people that are going through a lot of change and whew, you know, getting outside your comfort zone isn't always easy. It's not. And I would say the one of the most important things is fellowshipping with other people that are going through it. Um, you know, having like-minded experiences. So if somebody is going through this, maybe start their own kind of weekly support group with other people that are job searching or soul searching or 
find one um, because it's it can be very isolating. I felt really alone when I was going through this. And this is a time in our life when we are already feeling more alone than we ever have in modern human history, perhaps. And so I would just say like the sharing of experience, fear, resources, expertise, that that is gonna, it, that is the one thing I wish I had to do differently because I didn't have that. I had a lot of individuals helping me, thank goodness, but I group support would be, that's the jam. Yeah. Uh, I heard a really good quote the other day that often in life, the obstacle becomes the path. Yes. You may think that you're having the worst time, you're hit at rock bottom, but really it's, again, a lot of times that fork in the road that gets you going uh, to somewhere where you can fulfill your six Ps. What, what about if people want to connect with you more and find out more about fruition? Are you taking individual clients, corporate clients? What kind of work are you doing? I am. Um, and actually, right now, I'm doing some really amazing work that is kind of my favorite. I'm getting to be a, a thinking partner to a CMO at an experiential agency who's going through a rebrand of their agency. And so I just get to show up every day and think and solve problems. I love that. And that's what I love to do for people, ideas, products, individuals, art, you know, cities, whatever it is. So I can be reached on my website. My email address is on there. Reach me through LinkedIn. And um, what I'll also do is send you the article that I wrote about the six P's that was published in Fahrenheit 212's blog initially um, has the like self-diagnosis for your own six P's little rubric. And that I think will also be really helpful if anybody wants to put themselves through that process and see what the visual model looks like. Cause it's fun to draw it too. And like write your P's in the little bubbles. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out on the idea fountain. My honor. Thank you. Happy Jill. birthday week. It's my birthday week. It's my birthday month. Aquarius is rule. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll celebrate when you're back in LA. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much to Amy B for sharing the six P's. I hope you had the best birthday week ever also. Uh, you can connect with Amy B and hear her whole story and watch some of her talks on her website, hellofruition.co. Thanks again for listening to the Idea Fountain and sharing episodes. I appreciate it very much.